I wanted what Brother Copeland had taught. I wanted to have in my own life, in my family, what faith could do for us. And the only way I knew for that to happen was through saturating ourselves in the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. All this week, we are turning our attention to the integrity of God's Word. If God said it, it's true and it belongs to us. As you take hold of the Word of God for your life, it begins to change you. It begins to change you on the inside, this inner image. God's image of you will get into your mouth and you begin to speak it with faith. And that's when things begin to change around you. So today, Brother Copeland's going to be teaching us how to use words of faith as a weapon a weapon that removes fear and brings God's promises to pass. Watch this. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Jesus never ever did anything on his own. He did not decide to move to Capernaum, set up his headquarters there, and live there. He didn't make that decision. The Spirit of God spoke it through Isaiah. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. It's the Father that dwelleth within me. Can you see that? Now, when we see the word Capernaum, say Capernaum Capernaum. is home. When he's going to Capernaum, he's going. Home. When he's in Capernaum, he's. Home. Amen. <laughs> now we're going to follow Jesus. Let's begin in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark. Where is home? Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over unto the 
other side of the Sea of Galilee. So it's across the lake from home. Capernaum. It's across the lake from home. Into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. He was a cutter. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that you torment me not. For he, Jesus, had said unto him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? He answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, everybody there heard that conversation. They heard that exchange. Of course, they thought the man was talking to him. It wasn't as that spirit talking to him. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now, there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him. Now, now the people didn't hear this conversation. Only Jesus heard this. Are you with me now? All the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. Now, the people out there, they, they, they don't know, they, they, you know, they heard this conversation, but here, here's, there, man, there's 2,000 hogs out here. That's a lot of animals. And they're just out there doing what pigs do. They eat. Now, I ain't never been anywhere close to 2,000 of them. Hear me. And all of them bold and running. All of them became demon-possessed at one time and charged off the side of that mountain with all they could do, ran headlong into that water just screaming and hollering and kicking. Well, no wonder it scared the daylights out of everybody out there. What happened to the hogs? It must have been that preacher. What did he do? (laughs) Well, yeah, it's the preacher that did it all right. (laughs) Okay, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I'll get down to business here. (laughs) 
The herd ran violently down, violently. See there? They ran violently down a steep place into the sea, about 2,000, and were choked in the sea. They that fed the the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. They come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They that saw it told him how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to your friends, tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis, the ten cities, how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side. Home. Much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. Now hold your place there and look at Mark chapter 4. I mean Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse... 31, and he came down to Capernaum a city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath days and they were astonished at his doctrine. Jairus one of the rulers of the synagogue, obviously knew him well. He pastored in Jesus' hometown. And Jesus went to synagogue there. Oh, I'll tell you, this all of a sudden begins to enlighten things, doesn't it? Now, and he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, and she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. A certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. I take from from this, particularly the way it's worded, it says she heard of Jesus. It didn't say she knew Jesus. She's a shut-in. 
She's not allowed to be outside. She's in no physical condition to even be outside. For her to be in this kind of a condition for 12 years and, and th- this reoccurring thing, Brother Renner was telling me uh, on one of our broadcasts one day, he said that word plague there in, in the Greek text literally means a reoccurring thing. She'd get a little better and here he'd come back again. Well, you know, she was shut in. Had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, she believed it in her heart and she said it with her mouth. She heard. We don't know what she heard. She heard enough that faith came. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Somebody very well may have been coming in there and repeating to her because she lives right there in his hometown. And he preached there a lot. I'm going to show you some things tonight. Startling things. And, and she, somebody might, might have been coming in and repeating what he's been preaching, repeating what he's been preaching. And finally, she just got to the point. She said, if I don't do anything but touch his clothes, I'm going to be whole. Yeah. Hallelujah. Faith came. She had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment. For she said, if I might touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Straightway, the fountain of her blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She didn't feel it and then believe it. She believed it and then she felt it. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power, dunamis, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. <clears throat> the woman fearing and trembling. She intended to just sneak out there and get that healing <laughs> and get back out of the way. Uh-uh. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She told him how long she'd been in this way. She told him all the doctors that she'd been to. She told him all of this. And Jairus is standing there thinking, I know that woman. That, come on, lady. Come on, come on, come on. Don't you know we got to hurry here? My baby's dying. He didn't say a word. He'd already said his faith. Never said another word this whole time. Man, he had opportunity after opportunity to literally blow this thing. But now watch it. He said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. He suffered no man to follow him, 
save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. He cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. When he was come in, he saith unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say. Notice he used his words as a weapon. I say unto thee, arise. Now, wait a minute. Right here, let's go to Matthew's account in Matthew 9, 24. Turn there quickly. Matthew chapter 9, verse 24. He said unto them, give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn. When the people were put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed there, now he walked out of Jairus' house, right? He was in Jairus' home. He walked out of Jairus' house. When he was come, uh, uh, excuse me, when Jesus departed there, two blind men followed him crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Now, when someone hollered, thou son of David, they're calling him Messiah. Jesus asked the, the Pharisees, who do they say the son of David is? The Christ. So they're calling him the Christ. They're calling him Messiah. When they cry out, son of David, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, home. Now, hey, that couldn't have been very far. Huh? He just walked out of Jairus' house. Jairus' house is where? Next to the synagogue. He just stepped out of Jairus' house and these two blind men are following him. <laughs> and when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. They followed him right on in his house. Now he's got them right there in the living room with him. I love it. Glory to God. And Jesus said to them, you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, yea, Lord. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done unto you. I'm Chris Twin. I'm pastor of a church on the north side of Brisbane. This is my beautiful bride, Jill, 
and uh, we've been married now 30 years. I don't believe there's any shortcut to really taking the Word and allowing the Word to become a part of your life and develop your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's something we've heard constantly from Brother Copeland. And as much as we'd like in this microwave age to have shortcuts, Mm -hmm. there really isn't one. We have to hear the Word. And faith comes by hearing and not having heard. Uh, I remember Brother Copeland saying, uh, you can't live on the memory of a potato. So we've got to eat fresh every day, that, that word. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word. You set up a little desk in the I garage. I set up a little desk in the, in the garage um, and just started to... I actually knew the call of God on my life and, and some of the ministry we'd done as missionaries. But in the time and season we were in at the moment, we didn't have anywhere to preach, no, no ministry to do per se. So I, would, I set up a, a, a desk, actually it was a door, <laughs> and uh, my Bibles and my, and my tapes and, and everything we could get our hands on from Kenneth Copeland Ministries and just absorbed it, just saturated ourselves in the Word. I wanted what Brother Copeland had taught. I wanted to have in my own life, in my family, what faith could do for us. And the only way I knew for that to happen was through saturating ourselves in the Word of God. And uh, so we just faithfully kept on and studied and, and um, uh, there was all sorts of uh, dynamics that took place in that time that lead us, led us on into um, a different facet of ministry where we ended up planting a church. We had been missionaries for many years, but now we were moving over into pioneering a, a local church, uh, which is now over a decade and a half ago. Um, but as we did that, we implemented and taught Uh, all the things, really, that I had been uh, taught from Brother Copeland's. And I think sometimes people, even today, they want faith to be developed in their lives. They want to be successful in life or ministry, successful marriage, successful family, but they want to do it their own way. But there is no shortcut. And so we've got to allow the Word of God to be ministered to our lives. We've got to give attention to it. And so when you come across a resource... Uh, and resources like we have available to us through Kenneth Copeland Ministries, through the daily devotionals, uh, through the CDs, the MP3s, the DVDs, the online resources that are available. There's such an amazing amount that is right at our fingertips. Um, Really, we've got a responsibility to, to take the initiative to get those things into our ears, into our eyes, to let that develop our faith. And as a family, we have a testimony that's not just one or two of us, but as a whole family, receiving that word, receiving that ministry. Uh, We got super kid material, so our children started to uh, hear the word, uh, hear faith, understand finances, um, understand what it meant to be givers uh, and receivers. And so it changed our entire family. It changed our outlook on ministry, how we implemented ministry. Um, our children uh, who are all now in the ministry and there is a wonderful heritage of faith that has has happened in our family uh, in part due to the word that has been imparted to us. We believe our families are called to ministry together. The Lord gave us some strategies in terms of bringing our children up in, in that heritage of faith. Our kids have never rebelled. They've never walked away from the Lord. They have seen God provide and they've seen it for themselves in such a real way. Why would they ever turn away from that? And so now all three of them are in full-time ministry today, loving the Lord, loving Jesus, and serving Him and, uh, 
It's a, just, it's a thrill, but we can trace it back, this heritage that we have of faith in our family, having all three children in the ministry, we can trace it to the seeds and the teaching that we receive from Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. And we're so grateful for that. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.